What's up, guys? Welcome to the first ever episode 226 of the Kind of Funny Games cast. As always, I'm Tim Getty, joined by one of the coolest dudes in video games, Greg Miller. Hello. And making back. a return after what feels like forever. Yeah. Andrea. Oh, Ryan. What's good, Welcome guys? Back, what's good? Hey, thanks. You can find her on What's Good Games. You already knew that. YouTube.com slash What's Good Games. And then over here, FM3 himself, the best hair in the business. Woo! Oh, and it's looking extra <laughs> shiny today. That was good. That was good. <laughs> Fred, where can people find you? You can catch me on Twitch TV slash FM3 underscore. Mm-hmm. One day I'll get the three characters or on the Epic store. My creator code is simply Fran Mirabella. And thank you, you for go. supporting me and helping me do this. I love it. I love it so much. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, this is the Kind of Funny Games cast each and every week right here on YouTube.com slash kind of funny games. We get together, talk about video games, all the things we love about them. And there's a lot to talk about today because we just got back from E3. And this is the first time we've all been yeah. together to talk about E3 and our E3 adventures. We all went and did our solo films and now the Avengers are reassembled. <laughs> this is it. This is definitely that. Yeah, this is like Infinity War today, maybe. <laughs> uh, Patreon supporters at the silver membership or above get to watch the show live as we record it. You can get the show three days early and get the full exclusive pre and post shows. Uh, today's thrilling content in the pre-show. Yeah. Fran was talking about how much he does push-ups in the morning. No. Well, technically, the answer was zero, well, but ish. still. But I don't, anyway. You have to, you have to go oil, check that out. There was a lot of truffle hair, conversation. Yeah. Poisoning. Mm-hmm. We ran the gamut there. Shout out to our Patreon producers for this month, Daniel Massey and James Hastings, whoop, whoop. making yeah. all of this magic happen. Uh, if you don't want to do any of that, it's fine. You can watch the show on Mondays on YouTube.com slash Kind of Funny Games or RoosterTeeth.com or just search for Kind of Funny Games Cast on your favorite podcast service. We're sponsored by Zebit and Upstart, but we will talk about that later. Let's just get right into it. Last week, two weeks ago, actually, we were right here at this table. We did some E3 predictions. Oh, God. Andy! Andy! It's time. It's time Andy for you to come sit here on the shock mic. Oh yeah, Andrea I want to know. Busy. Yes. I, I mean, like, there's a lot of there's a lot of different scoring scores out there. I want you to know. You it, know what I mean? Yeah, yeah but are yeah, there Greg, any I've that you that. win? Yeah, I've seen. Uh, no, but there's one where I'm second place, which I appreciate. Oh, I thought all of them are. There's oh, a couple right? where I'm third, but uh, you know. oh, maybe not. Maybe not this one. Kev, can you bring it up, please? How do we just not? Can we just go? Th- well, we don't have a record. Yeah, we're not going through the whole thing. But C underscore anon on Reddit made this and uh the final scores i am the winner with 3.9 then fran with 2.1 then greg with 1.8 andy with 1.3 and then barrett with just 0.3 so what is and you this feel like you can of? trust these scores based on uh, out of 10 because i saw another one i was yikes this place. is what happens when i'm not on the prediction show yeah 3.9 well, is the best the you can do team. well remember the thing is that it's it's not a you you can get the partial points right. which is where it's getting so bad where it's not out of it's like out of a million or whatever in mm-hmm. terms of what you're going to break it down to. Yeah. But what we're breaking it down, the, the key <laughs> things I like is that he he added all of this uh, I do editorialization like here, sure. yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, most comments slash additions to other predictions from me, <laughs> which I <laughs> definitely, definitely buy. That makes a lot of sense. Fran, with the <laughs> most ridiculed correct prediction <laughs> with the Breath of the Wild sequel. I hey, thought yeah. you that were crazy. Baby. Oh that my was God. huge. I when it happened, it. it was just like... <laughs> Fran gets the point. Yeah. What? <laughs> that was a huge one. Gotta love it. Greg with the most accurate with his comments slash additions to other predictions. <laughs> <laughs> Fixing everybody else's uh, predictions. And then Andy with the worst prediction ever. I mean, yeah, that's the opinions. Perfectly you know. dark. <laughs> so, Andrea, so I predicted that Doug Bowser 
would would announce Perfect Dark, and you know, usually they they're always we always wear a shirt like a special. And I said he'd be wearing a perfectly dark shirt, which uh, like, come on, that is genius, a, guys. I get this company for the gold, Andrea. Yeah. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, of course. Yeah. I don't appreciate keep you. Keep your shit to KFF. All right? <laughs> <laughs> and then Barrett with the best dream come true moment with the bikini bottom remastered. Definitely prediction. did not see that. That, that was that coming. Oh my god, so great! You gotta love it. I feel you like gotta that love was it. The most ridiculed correct prediction. Actually, well, it was. Well, yeah, it was I'm sorry. YouTube. I mean, it was only YouTube. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I was flabbergasted. I was, dude. Hey, and I'm happy that I will never forget that moment that we were here at six damn a.m. for the Pokemon Direct. We did that thing, and then uh, Kevin left. Everyone left. It was just me and Barrett here. And I look at my Twitter as I'm making the thumbnail for the the Pokemon thing, and I see SpongeBob come up, and I'm like. Oh no! I was like, Barrett, <laughs> Barrett, get in here right now! He's and he recording. came in, and I just started recording, and then he saw it. Like, it, it, at any other time, we would have not got that reaction video. I came into the back room, and then Tim stopped me coming into the back room. I was like, "What's happening?" It's like, and wait. I knew something was like announced or something because you're being weird. And the first thing that popped in my head was uh, Batman got leaked or yeah, something. Yeah, like he totally expected it to be Batman or Harry Potter, and it was fucking SpongeBob, which was still <laughs> just as hype for me, and it was fucking awesome. It's huge, man. You gotta love it. But Greg, what other uh, predictions points have you seen? Uh, yeah, you, I'm just saying were, you, I, there's someone else that did tweet one where I was at number two, and I was hoping you'd pull that. Yeah. But I didn't want to tell you that. It's kind of like, you know, I wanted you to find the light on your own. Because I didn't want to look like I'm trying to stuff the ballot box here. You know, I'm making myself <laughs> oh, yeah, I saw one where I was in last place. I was like, I don't know how these things work. Can you scroll down so I can so see wait, the rest yeah, of Yeah, you never actually read yeah. the scores yet, did you, Tim? I, I read the scores. Oh, you did? Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, um, yeah, let's see what this one says. Yeah, I'm, I, I found the one that I think you're talking about, Greg, here this from really uh, BJ Bernardo. Okay. And all he said was fourth place Andy, third place Fran, second place Greg, first place Tim. And it's that thing where I've just always heard that BJ Bernardo gets it right. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? I'm well, not the, saying that this I, is fake news. We got tweeted one like three days ago where I was beating Fran, and I saw that and I was like, I don't think that's true, but I'll go with it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah sure. I mean, I, I, I don't know how it works. Whatever you guys tell me, I'll believe. I don't, so. I don't think there's a way it works. Yeah. Can't we just listen through it again and be like, yeah, that was right, that was you wrong? You can. You can not... go to YouTube.com slash kind of funny games and go for over there. That's what they did. I'll take second place, though, Tim. Yeah. I like it. Yeah, I like it. I'll this is really anything, good man. with the notes and the additions and the comments and the results and everything. How, yeah. Let me ask you this. Who thought Bethesda was going to take a shot at Anthem? Me. I did. That was my own. What? Was great. Seriously? Was well, if, it was with the Fallout 76 not thing. I thought they'd make some little like snide comment that. about it. No. But they Bethesda's, did. Bethesda's better than that. They but wouldn't they, do that. They did. It was in the vein of Fallout. 76, right? And they did self-deprecate about it. So you kind of... I was right on all that. that was it coming. was the Anthem thing I, yeah. I tossed in there. I think it's flavor and didn't get it. Yeah, and our predictions with our Magic 8-Ball show, we had guessed that Pete Hines would say we fucked up on stage, like verbatim, and then he didn't. I was bummed. Mm. <laughs> that would be a big, big one. He tapped his leg for us, though. He did. We investors, it's he hard did. to say stuff like that. I don't even know what my point three was. That's true. Did you see it? No. Yeah, we call them. We oh. every annually we call him every pre-show. Like ten minutes before they go live, we call Pete Hines and he answers every time. Uh, and we we give him a pep talk, and then it was uh, cool. Can you, we were just wondering if when you go out tonight, you can tap your leg for us. And he's <laughs> really? like, I, he's like, I'll try. I don't know, guys. I'll, I'll try. And sure enough, he went up and went. When he went off stage, he texted me, tap the leg. <laughs> That's awesome. How did your predictions go? Um, our predictions went pretty good. Um, Britt, we're going to go over all the scores tonight on t- tonight's episode uh, that we're recording. But um, 
ours is just more for for funsies because we ask questions to a magic eight ball. So it's mm. not like we make specific mm. predictions like you guys do. It's more for for like the for the funny stuff, as we say it. What's good? So you let the eight ball answer. We like, let the eight ball answer. Will there be a answer. Breath of the Two Wild sequel and? Breath right. of Wild 2 sequel. Okay. We didn't Big ask fan. that question because we assumed that there would not be. Not this yeah. early. But, but Fran, though. Surprise! Fran comes in at the dark lead, part dude. right now. Oh, it was yeah. like almost spot on. Master Fran. Yeah. My biggest That's surprise right. of missing <laughs> games, though, was I couldn't believe Nintendo didn't say a word about Bane out of 3. I was yeah. like, yeah. that was a bummer. I think it's because of Astral Chain. I think because it's coming so soon, they want to like push the Platinum stuff to be a little bit more away from each other. But it's been so long since we've heard about Bayonetta 3. Yeah. Similar theory. Because where the heck, what is Retro Studios doing other than working on Metroid Prime now? They just I got put a theory, up that new thing today. The job post. Yeah. But yesterday. I got a theory that the, whatever, this Star Fox Grand Prix pre thing is probably actually done. And they're holding it for the same types of reasons. Like, ah, we're going to push out and pace out later because we need to fill gaps. You we'll see, man. It is definitely possible. Retro, I, I wouldn't be surprised if we don't see anything from them. For the vast, vast I, I mean, I, I think at this point, I think it's a safer bet to say that say they, they were canned. working on something and got canned. Possible. Yeah, I think Metroid's the next thing we see from them, we'll unfortunately. Because I thought we would have seen that. Unfortunately. The next, I would rather see something soon. Oh, yeah. Metroid okay. Prime 4 is not for a millennia. Yeah, uh, yeah exactly. You know I mean? The millennium. The millennium, dude. Get hyped. Let's get into it. Um, speaking of E3, thanks, Andy. That's yeah, all no I problem. needed you for. <laughs> Bye, Andy. Good job. What thanks, shirt Andy. is that? Uh, I probably do. It's a good looking shirt. It's perfectly dark. Should I play that game? <laughs> Should I play that game? Yeah. All right. Uh, E3. Fran, let's start with you. What was your game of the show, E3 2019? I've been struggling with this one a little bit, but... Actually, before you say it, mm. because what we did, we did the Kind of Funny Approved, where we gave three different games, four different games? Four Four different games are Kind of Funny Approved faces, and then we had the overall Kind of Funny Game of the Show award. So I want to know, what are your... Let's go three Fran Approved, and then your... Friend, game of the show. Friend, who's just like I liked it. I like what like, I seen. The, the, it your stuck top, out to me. your top things. It doesn't need to be ranks. Just yeah. top things. Yeah, I don't, even the word top. I'm gonna use loose because I actually didn't see a ton hands on, um, and I saw all the press conferences. So I don't know if you were looking. You're judging stuff for the press conferences too. We mainly, there's a lot out there. Our qualifications are: can we give behind, our face award to someone physically? Okay, yeah. So behind closed door demo or played it. So yes. based on that. Frank is just top of the, my head stuff that stuck out. Ooh, yeah, I really liked Watch Dogs. Oh, yeah. Um, dang, Cyberpunk. And, well, Final Fantasy VII Remake, obviously. But it was it was hard because, like, I also checked out Borderlands. and um, Was it a new demo? I really liked Luigi. Borderlands? Borderlands? Yeah. yeah, they added mm, a new Mo- Vault Hunter. Uh, Moe's. Moe's. I thought so. When we were doing Easy Allies, I think they saw it at Xbox, their stage, where it was the demo we played at the uh, event. And then I was wondering if on the floor they were behind closed doors. Yeah, they had a new new gameplay build. Yeah, so I know I cheated that a bit, but I actually I just put in the honorable mention of Luigi was a really good showing, and I played Zelda, Pokemon, and that. We'll get we'll get out to all the Nintendo stuff later. I'm not asking you everything you played, Fran. I know. I'm asking you for your top three. Tough for me, Fran approved. I think I got it right. And what's your number one then? What's your game of the show? Game of the show for Fran. Probably Final Fantasy VII Remake. Hell yeah, dude. Yeah. It, it's, it's right answer, baby. Right wow. answer. And he lost. And he lost. <laughs> so, no, like Mike made the right call. Yeah. So we, no, ought to, yeah we needed a tiebreaker uh, for our game of the show because I chose Final Fantasy. He chose Cyberpunk. Oh, nice. And then we sure. had a, a debate on the show. Yeah. Snowbike Mike ended up going to We're going to talk about this on the show. What's up? I was just wondering if we're talking about those games on the show. Oh, yeah. Okay. We're talking about all of them, baby. Whatever you Andrea. want for him. What yes. are the Andrea approved? 
three games. And then what is the Andrea game of the show? So this is, um, I, well, I've been making this list because obviously we're both part of GCAs. That's kind of funny. What's good? Are you guys, does it count? Is it all games we saw or does it have to have been playable? It, we just do all games you saw. We don't do the playable mm. stuff like the Achilles do. Okay. For, okay, so for top three, oh, wait, three games I liked and then I'll leave my game sure. of show. Okay. I have to say Cyberpunk 2077 for sure. I was glad I got to see it this year. The demo looks awesome. I am excited to play and I really liked what they showed us in the in the behind closed doors demo and how you know kind of like really the the layers of world building that they're doing in that game are really impressive especially since it's all original stuff they're not working off of like a existing intellectual property a book series i think maybe no no brand i don't new. think so i think it's all like cdpr original mm-hmm. stuff right if i'm not wrong yeah and so i think that's really impressive and so the tech that they showed looks really cool I was a little disappointed. It's a second year and we didn't get even like a small build to try out and see what the gameplay feels like. Um, so I'm a little concerned about that. Yeah. Um, but knowing their history and everything they did with The Witcher, I think they've set themselves up for some success, hopefully. So that's one for sure. Um, I also was really impressed with Watch Dogs Legion and everything they showed. I was incredibly skeptical uh, before they showed gameplay and before they gave hands-on. And then afterwards, I was like, okay. I'm going down this path. I love the idea of like there's these three archetype classes and that there's all these different NPCs that fit into them. Then you're kind of like building a squad that has like a mix and match of all these different kind of RPG mechanics. They've so, all got perks. Yeah. Well, they only have three perks, but there's a million other perks. Exactly. So. You can kind of tailor it to your personal play style. Like, do you want to go all drone commanders or do you want to do people who all have stealth? And or... Like, old ladies. Just yeah. old ladies. Yeah. Yeah. I like the that slowest one. squad in, in Watch Dogs Legion. Hell yeah. Um, so I thought that that was a really impressive showing for sure. Um, and then also Final Fantasy VII Remake. Mm. Um, I had no interest in this game before seeing the combat demo. And this is me as somebody who's never been a Final Fantasy player. I was forced into playing Final Fantasy IX on PS4 because Alexa Ray was like, you said you would do it. I was like, I did say I would do it. So I did it with her. And then, then I quit after like 15 hours. <laughs> did you play Final Fantasy VII or just watch the I've demo? I've never played. No, no this, sorry, this new one. No, Britt Brit got hands-on, though, and I watched a bunch of people play okay, it. cool. But I did, personally did not get on the sticks and play. So I love this right now, where we're at, because you named Cyberpunk and Final Fantasy in your... your approved. Andrea approved. Too, right? Yes. So what does that make your game of the show? The Outer Worlds is my oh, game of the show. Nice. I can't wait. Tell me more. So I was incredibly impressed by everything I saw. So I've seen this game... A couple of times now, Greg and I had the opportunity to see it at Judges Week, uh, which was a different demo than the one that I saw at E3, which I liked. They got to see a little bit uh, different side. We got to see more of the um, narrative consequences and choices that are going to be offered, whereas the demo we saw previously was a little bit more combat focused and skill tree focused. What I really love about this is that they're taking everything that Obsidian knows about making RPGs, the basis for why people loved what they did with Fallout New Vegas, and then just like polishing the shit out of it. Mm -hmm. So that they're not necessarily reinventing the wheel. Like you're seeing what, you know, CDPR is doing with Cyberpunk, and they're really kind of pushing the envelope for things that they've done in their gameplay um, techniques before. What I love about what Obsidian is doing with The Outer Worlds is they're like, we are going to give you gameplay that we know you want and that you love, and we're going to give it to you like super polished in a 
reasonable amount of time to play an open world sci-fi RPG. Yeah, that's what they talk about this one, right? It's like 20, 30 hours. No, mm-hmm. they, they said it was more like 50, 60 hours. Mm-hmm. Maybe hours. the golden path or whatever yeah, is probably. like 20, 30 hours. But yeah. like with, if you do those. side content, I mean, if you're in an open world RPG, who's doing golden path anyway, really? Um, but what I like about it is that it's not something that I have to go in planning to spend 100, 200, 300 Plus You're never going to see the end of it. Yeah. Right. I like that they made it more of a, a bespoke experience versus this procedurally generated never-ending thing. Mm-hmm. Which is like, that's cool if that's what you're looking for, but that's not necessarily what I'm looking for as a gamer. So I was really impressed by it. I thought the gameplay looked great. Uh, I love that, you know, it's that it's that feeling that you get from any game that brings in narrative consequences with your choices about really having to make that morally gray decision about like oh gosh is this the decision I want to make and knowing that you're going to be missing out on something if you make one decision or another but uh, another game oh dang can we make it five instead of four go for it I think um, I did well the, well, the one the, the, that kind of rounds up my top five of V3 is Dying Light 2 which nice. was a big surprise for me because I was not expecting to be impressed by what I saw there not because Techland doesn't know how to make games because clearly they do but because the idea of a zombie game just doesn't really blow my skirt up I'm like eh, I'm okay and like quite frankly the day night cycle stuff that they did in Dying Light, the original Dying Light was cool but it was too intense for me as a player playing at night with all of these really crazy monsters just chasing you all the time um, and so I haven't seen the night cycle stuff in Dying Light 2 yet because they mm. haven't showed it yet but the the BCD demo that we got ID3 was really impressive from a um, open world traversal perspective. What they yeah, the parkour looked awesome. The, what they did mm. to upgrade the parkour in this game was really impressive from the demo that they showed. Um, and they also are bringing in these kind of big narrative choices that will affect your gameplay. I think he said something like there are like forty plus different endings that you can get or something. I can look at my notes. Or maybe that's a different game. Um, I thought it was maybe teens for this one. Um, but essentially, like the idea that if you make one decision, it could open up this whole new section of the map and bring in these new infected that you have to fight. But if you make the other decision, maybe you never see that part of the map ever in your playthrough. Mm-hmm. Like that kind of stuff, I think, is really interesting from a narrative perspective. So awesome. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Dylan. I just have 15 years later is the only number I have here. I don't have yeah. anything about the ending. I think I. I think I asked the the co-creative director when I was talking to him uh, on the Facebook stage about it. And I think with that game, they said that there's no way to really computate a number because of the sheer amount of choices that they have within the narrative of the game. Well, I mean, that was the thing with that uh, behind closed doors demo, right? Where when, you know, they made the choice to turn on the water pumps, right? That then gave you a giant new open world area to play in. Mm-hmm. And they're like, any questions? I'm like, yeah. So like, you're talking about choices. Like if, if I, if I did the choice where I don't turn on the water pumps, does that part of the world in all those quests stay submerged? He's like, yes. And I was like, oh, okay. You know, you expect it to be some story decision that you make, but if you don't make it, well then somebody else does something yeah. else that mm-hmm. does it anyway. That Because obviously they spent a lot of time and money to make all like that. building that part yeah. of the world. And they're like, no, just not there in this place. They're like, all right, cool. That's crazy. Uh, last Gamescast when we did it with uh, Easy Allies, we were talking a little bit about my impressions of Ghost Recon Breakpoint. Yeah. Friend, you got to play it. I did. What are your thoughts as a, as a guy that I feel like the game's a bit more up your alley? Yeah, yeah. It absolutely stood out. Like, it was one on my mind to throw in that list. But um, I really like squad-based co-op combat, obviously, Division 2. That's right. Right? Let's go. Uh, new sub or new classification. What is it called? The new... Uh, specialization is specialization out. Specialization is out there. FYI, man. Fake fan. You know what I mean? The gunner's out. <laughs> 
Anyway, talking um, about the Destiny Power Lord thing, you know what I yeah. mean? <laughs> so I really like Breakpoint because it is, in, unlike Division Two, it is so up close and brutal. It is very realistic, for lack of a better way to put it. So people probably already know a lot of that about it. But if you get a wound, you might get it in a certain place. You got to bandage up. You have to take your time. You really can't get shot down without Sirens coordinating are on with our people. End. So I love playing with other people. It remains to be seen as a single player experience, and you can play it as a single player experience. Yeah, Siren's on our end, right? But I really like it. I like that it just felt so up close and brutal. I thought the demo was okay though. It was just hard. It's hard to get into a demo like that when I only had an hour. And even then you spent the first 15 minutes like them. Here's this button and here's where your loadouts are. Yeah. And then how did you get through your inventory, Fran? Yeah, right. Exactly. Here's your inventory. I, mean, I was kind of talking about this a bit. Like first off, not my type of game typically. Yeah. Also, I thought that was one of the worst demos I've ever, ever been a part really? of. And I think a lot of that just had to do with who I was playing with and how it was all presented and yeah, how late in the people. show it was. But it just, it wasn't a great, showing of the game. Do one of the producers whatever walk or walk you through or kind of just like yeah. so go rapidly here, was like, oh cool we're doing this now we're gonna do this. Now yes. we're it's like okay whoa. Well, it's probably because you're talking about the showcase like Ubisoft's press conference? After it no yeah. I'm talking about you like the hands on oh, like, okay. playing gotcha. it uh, at the booth. So oh you played it at the booth. At the Ubisoft booth. So I played it yeah. they had a um after the conference, you know you go to one of their event hubs. Got it. We went and played it. I wonder if it was the same how long did you get to play? Uh, about almost an hour, maybe 45 okay. minutes. So it's fair, probably very similar. Someone was on comms with you and yep. walking you through it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I had the same experience. And that's what I would, that's my caveat is I was like, well, I didn't really have a chance to experience exactly how I would yeah, have because yeah. someone's like pushing us and I had to play with these other people. And like, yeah, I, I would have rather directed and even if I didn't know what I was doing, because like, that's the experience is making that choice. Mm -hmm. But I did, I like the intensity of it and I just leave it at that. I like some of the skills. Um, you know, you can watch the trailer announcement for all the stuff that's in there. But um, basically, we ended up a little late into it where you had to throw EMP tanks at this giant tank. You had to switch your loadout, get a, you know, a bazooka or, or missile launcher or whatever. You had to make sure to get ammo for it. And you had to coordinate as a team to do all this. And it was definitely, that was the most challenging thing they said that was on our map. Yeah, we did the same thing as well. The rocket launchers yeah. towards the, the tanks. And it's funny because, yeah, the, the dude helped so much that I actually didn't think it was that difficult. But I could see it being Difficult. Yeah, because the idea was it's like you had the, your four people, you needed to each bring out your rocket launcher and shoot it, but you can't all do it from the same vantage point. Like yeah. you all need to kind of like he's chasing surround tank this tank and, and, and take you. it down. Did you find the controls cumbersome? Oh, yeah. I mean, with that <laughs> yeah. type of game, though, that's going to happen. Yeah. I thought the weapon wheel, or not yeah. even weapon wheel, inventory the wheel. everything Because it's like, right? yeah, it's like it's your band-aids, it's your health it's spray, it's all your weapons is on the same wheel. Yeah. Let it's me, weird. Let me say this much, though. I got an hour into it. I felt like it finally sunk in. That's the only thing I would just add is this is totally the type of game, like, I mean, Division's that way. Like, until you play for a good, honestly, hour or more, it's so hard for... You don't feel comfortable. Wrap your head all. around all that stuff. And yeah. yeah, you got somebody wheeling you around. Go here, go here. It's really hard to process the game. I think that's why they did have some two-hour demos going. I would like to spend some time with that. But what I was going to add is at the very end, I finally was, okay, now I know where everything's at. Now ooh, I just got this shotgun. I'm like, let's go. I know Shotty Bugatti. Me. And they're like, that's the end of the demo. And I, you had to like peel me off of it at the end. That's good. So that was a good sign for did me. You, did Wildlands, did you play Wildlands? Did that click for you? Oh, uh, I didn't get to play it. Uh, gotcha. Wait, wait, wait. No, no, no. Sorry. Go Wildlands. Through Wildlands yeah. I don't know why I was thinking about Otter Wilds. Um, yeah, I played Wildlands and yeah. I did like it. Yeah. It, had all the right ideas, and I think that's what this sort of helps bring together as well. Like it goes deeper, a little more serious. Um, I thought the quest and storyline that you followed in, in Wildlands was not great. It was sort of tedious. Uh, you had to unlock all these different parts of the map, and 
I don't know if this is gonna do anything like that, but um, again, what I like is, I use the word intensity and close up. That's what this feels like to me. It gets really close over your shoulder. It's very much about you and you can get hurt very easily. So I think it's got a lot of potential actually as a squad based, you know, co-op game. I don't know about single player uh, yet. That's mm -hmm. really hard to say. So wait, so you didn't, you're I didn't not your like type it. of game anyway. Not my type of game, but I, even then I didn't like it. I, I thought that it didn't, didn't demo well. And I think that a lot of the controls, it, even if you get used to them later, it doesn't make yeah. them good. Like I didn't like how you had to equip the rocket launcher and then yeah, hold the button to bring the animation up and just like, if you let go, it went away instantly. And I'm like, that it, doesn't add up. It's like, I feel like it's at odds with itself. With I being had trouble realistic. with the rocket launcher too. It's like, it's just like so early for me to say yay or nay and condemn that because score it right now. I'm used to, again, doesn't these this come out this being, fall? Yeah, it comes out in September. I think, uh, no, fight? there's a beta in September. Um, and then the actual official release date is September, October. I forget. I feel like it's Andrew's October. on the case. Don't worry. Yeah. We'll yeah. pull it up. Right John Bernthal and Bam Bam will tell I'm you about it. I'm glad I'm here though, Tim, because you'd be like, yeah, it was cumbersome. Didn't do it for me. Totally October valid 4th. Points. October 4th. I there mean, that's go. not a lot of time to take into feedback if they are running into other people. Yeah, I haven't no, seen, I don't I haven't think seen other hands-on impressions. I, I will say that everyone that was in the room with me doing the demo, not just my squad, but like everyone, everyone kind of seemed like, like, oh, all right. Cool. Like yeah. they just kept. I, I'm like, yeah, okay. Now equip this. Now go to that loadout. Cool. Go. And everyone's like, I don't know about this. It's complicated. I mean, again, you can't just hop in and expect to know all this. Stuff. And so again, I'm not defending fair. it yet. It's early, but I would say you should have expected that going in. It is just that type of game that there's a lot going on. Like I definitely felt intimidated at first. I was like, where is all the stuff? And yet, you, you know, your loadouts change in the menu. Yeah, which I definitely thought was. I was like, what? Um, but I, I will say that the, path, the, the Wildlands demo was one of my favorite E3 demos we've ever done when it was me and Greg and like when the first mm -hmm. time we played and they brought us in and it was kind of like raiding the, the area and like, our, yeah, that yeah. stuff was awesome. And it's like, it's the, very similar. So I felt, yeah, but it was less complex as I recall from a, what you could do. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You didn't have to bandage up first and then heal yourself. And the way you go stealth, like all those things were, that's fine by the way. I, I liked Wildlands, but it is very... I don't want to say surface level because it was deeper than that, but this goes really deep from what I could tell with my yeah. hands on. So there's just like a lot to learn. Um, and frankly, like I feel like if you hop into the, we'll talk about FF7 remake later, but it, right? There's a process where you're like, wait, what am I doing? Um, once it sinks in, you're mm -hmm. good. But beforehand, you're like, does this even make sense? You know, I mean, so I feel like it's one of those games. Got to have time with it. Sure, that's most games. Let's but jump right into it then. Play it? No. Okay. Final Fantasy VII remake. Yeah. Brand. I've already What'd been you? talking it. I didn't want to <laughs> take it over. Like, should I mean, I, people kind of funny Gamescast listeners have heard me talk about E3. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, we already kind of it's your guys' show. This you get to watch. No, yeah. So I didn't personally uh, hold the controller, um, but I, you know, watched the presentation um, at the Square Enix press conference and got to see some people playing it on the show floor. I think that what they're doing with the updated combat is really cool. I think it appeals to people like me who were never interested in a Final Fantasy game that was, you know, old turn-based method, right? But I'm really more interested in the Final Fantasy 15 style of, you know, third-person combat. That to me is more exciting, but I like how they've kept that kind of classic tactical mode in to kind of make it, uh, give it like a nod to the turn-based ways of yore or mm -hmm. however you want to refer to it. And the animation looks great. Obviously, like there was still more to be seen about what is this extra stuff that they're adding in to fill out so many additional hours of gameplay. Like how much extra narrative does that, what does that look like? What does that mean? How does it change the original 
storytelling of the game. I think that there's still a lot of unknowns, but it seems like people are pretty hyped for it. Yeah, I would say that with with everything they showed here, I feel like it's all hints of going in a good direction. Mm-hmm. Like how they're going to oh, yeah. fill it out. All the new stuff we saw, dialogue wise, character wise, and even plot wise uh, of like what was going on with Sephiroth and stuff. I I, I think that it, it's very much in good hands, and I have full faith that they're going to. Um, kind of succeed with this vision of what they're trying to do of remaking this game, not just for the people that love the original, but for new people, but also just making this just a good game without having to to stand on what came before. Um, I, I think that I was saying this in the last episode, but the similarities to 15, I think are just visually just looking at it. Mm-hmm. It plays totally different than, than 15. It is way more, um, action based until you get to the, the turn base. It's not so much like a either or it's like you need the action parts oh, yeah. to kind of build up your, so you like slash a bunch to build up your gauge to then be able to use the more, it's not turn based, but things slow down yeah, more menu mode. based kind of tactical um, decision. And, and a lot of uh, strategy comes into play of using your different spells and when to switch between the characters and stuff. And I've never uh, played a game like that that seamlessly combines the fast-paced action with the more methodical um, RPG elements that in a way that worked. Final Fantasy 13 tried to introduce that, but anytime it slowed down, it felt like it was a, a different game. The this only doesn't game, feel like a different game. Yeah, the only game that kind of makes me think of the, a semi-similar situation was what they were doing in Dragon Age Inquisition, right, where you have your party members and they each have individual skills, and then you could d- go into that like top-down tactical mode. Do you guys mm-hmm. remember that? I do remember that. Yeah. I didn't yeah. Play it. But I mean, obviously different, but mm-hmm. semi-similar. It's what I always really wanted out of Mass Effect's combat Ooh. with your squad mates, with their individual powers that you've leveled up to be able to like hot swap between those characters was like the dream and that just never happened. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So hit me, Fran. So yeah, that's good. Good point of context. Final Fantasy. Final Fantasy. Ooh, I like this. I like where this is going. Uh, so yes, I was a huge Final Fantasy VII fan. Uh, so formative in uh, my growing up. I actually only had an N64, and uh, my friend had a PlayStation, and we had to trade. <laughs> he wanted to play Goldeneye, and we'd play it at my house anyway. But he wanted to have that and other stuff, and I wanted to play PlayStation, so I borrowed his PlayStation, which later led to a corrupted save file. Oh, that almost—he's my, my best friend probably in, in all of life. So we we blasted through it. And, uh, that was been, yeah, it was a tough time. It was there. hard to explain. I was like, I don't know what happened. It just the save corrupted. Anyway, Fran, it's years later. You can admit you pull it out and then say, <laughs> they warn you, Fran. So I was a huge fan of FF7. I've been waiting for this forever, like everybody else. Um, I have actually been not intentionally media blackout, but I maybe unknowingly I have been. So I actually didn't see the Square conference. I didn't have time before I had a chance to play it. So I kind of went in pretty fresh, not knowing more than what I've seen in the trailers. Okay, so just to set things up, again, as a reminder, yes, it's a remake of Final Fantasy VII. We know it's chapterized or some. Well, we don't know for sure. There's going to be more than it's one episodic game. Or That's something. all we it's know. It's going to split it up. They're yeah, not how- using the word episodic. They're yeah. staying away from that, and they're not saying how many games are going to come. Yeah. But, but they, are, they're saying like that Final Fantasy VII remake part one. Yeah, right. Yes. You're reliving. They're saying that it's the up till the end of Midgar. Yeah. That's right. This is Midgard. You're reliving the characters and the story and, you know, they're doing other stuff in there. But anyway, so I went in pretty fresh. And number one, what stood out to me a ton was actually, yes, the production value. Value, it shouldn't surprise me, was square. But that maybe above all is what stood out. I was like, wow, like 
how close up it is in the characters, the detail of all the worlds. Um, and actually when you get into the boss scene, I was really impressed with just the amount of like custom, like close up cutscenes and things happening to keep you engaged during battle. That weren't quick time events. No, no, it's in the middle of like damaging the boss. Yeah, it'll just be like, it like pulls back. Yeah, it's not a quick time event. It's you did some damage, right? And then yeah. all of a sudden it's like this scene, but it's custom and there's like close ups and, and mid range shots. And I, I thought that was really impressive. I just was thinking about other games I play and I was like, not a lot of games go to this amount of detail. Granted, this was just one boss and this one level and how much of this is gonna happen, but I was like really impressed with how cinematic mm -hmm. that boss fight felt for what it was. Um, I don't know, how did you feel about what I totally agree, and I mean, I feel like Square, you know, for all the, the shit that they get and in a lot of cases deserve, um, the production value is always the one thing that they knock out of the park. Like with Final Fantasy XV, it, the boss fights were that way, yeah. where it's like every single one was equally momentous, like Epic. fighting the, the Titan. It's like, known whoa, for. exactly. Yeah. And it's like 15 finally hit that point, I think, uh, where I remember growing up watching Advent Children, the Final Fantasy VII movie, and just being like, oh my God, can you imagine being able to play this? Like yeah. that's insane. And now it's like, no, that's the case. Like that's what this mm -hmm. is now. And uh, I love the cinematic camera of the gameplay that backs everything up of switching between characters. Um, did you do that yes. at all? Oh yeah. When you switch between Cloud and Barrett. Cloud and Barrett. Like just the way it's, it's seamless, like you hit up and down on the D-pad and it'll just like, the camera goes out a little yeah. bit, goes over quickly and then like goes back yeah. in and it's just like, it feels so good. It's pretty good, yeah. So you real time switch between characters where Cloud and Barrett, uh, one obviously with like a big giant minigun and, and Cloud with his sword. Yeah, you just press the D-pad and it fast swaps wherever. Overall, I felt it was good. Definitely like any game like this, the camera's not always quite where you want it to be, but you have full really? control. Yeah, I definitely- Oh, I thought it was great. It definitely got in, like there'd be times where the boss was like in between and the wrong, and I, you just spin it around, like you fix it, but I definitely didn't feel like it was some perfect system like, hmm. you know, not that it was bad by the way. I was very impressed with the camera You didn't feel you needed to adjust it. Okay? No. I did. I, 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 I felt that. more, cause like the thing is you're kind of auto-targeting on these, right? So yeah. you're, it's, I feel like it looks more similar to like a third person action game and it's not that. So it's like the moment you just kind of lock on, then all you need to really worry about is like your menus of what yeah. spells you're casting. And you know, part of it maybe is just my play style. I like a certain frame on the boss and seeing myself and also my other character, but whatever. Um, so jumping to the next point, the new combat system. Yeah, I would say that absolutely surprised me that they pulled it off in a way that does feel modern but still respectful to call it the ways of yore like you said it is turn-based in a moment but you're right it's a it's a progressive new combat system so you basically you have real time right i'm cloud i got a giant sword i can just like block bullets and stuff and get up close and start slashing at someone so that now builds my next level right so i'm building this meter to unlock the real or the turn-based style combat right yeah. that's how it works you mm -hmm. have like uh what i saw there was two meters that you fill up so each one you, you get can, two slots to fill up yeah. right and so, it's not turn-based like we keep saying turn-based well, it's, it's absolutely not it's it's not but it is the same thing so here's why it is turn-based for a moment it's menu-based okay semantical mark you should work for the marketing department i follow you <laughs> but like you Fran, literally press a button and you build a meter no no no. It's don't true, tell Franny's wrong he's he doesn't right. take it well you're not taking turns <laughs> no, no no because it, you're right that it's not but it's also semantical because i'm going to argue it is because as soon as you finally build a meter and you press the button it does stop action stops it's your turn to make a decision you have a moment to i mean well is it slow motion-ish slow-mo yeah it doesn't uh, stop there's yeah, a but lot if, of time if there's not a moment right. where you can't it's, act because the boss is taking his turn then it's not turn-based yeah uh was there that moment where you couldn't move or do anything okay. because the boss was 
setting up a spell okay, or an attack that's, against you're, you. You're right, actually. You were right. It, the boss doesn't take its turn. Right. So then it's not turn based. You, you, it's half turn based. Then you take your turn, and the boss doesn't get to. Uh, you don't get. To, here, I'm going to argue. You don't get to see the boss. He's doing it. You don't get to see it. Okay. That's like another level of, of role play out there. Fran, happening. you're coming to Jesus on this, and I like it. And yeah. it's also time to probably admit double dash, not a seven nine, <laughs> higher than that. Right? Let's just get anyway, him out. So what like, feel, get that weight <laughs> off your shoulder. You know, another day, another time. So anyway, I really like it though. So you build a meter, and you get into this next level of combat. So both characters are building it. You can switch between. And use these really cool moves. You can also heal um, and take the moment moments to do stuff like that. So I really like that you you yeah you go slow mo. Use these really cool moves that have cool animations and all that. And then of course you have the top level, which is your uh, limit uh, break. Limit break, which is your super. So you're building all this stuff, and it feels great. Yeah, like you said, I loved all of the feel of everything. Um, so I'm pretty hyped about it now that I'm seeing it because the production value, it was fun to play. It didn't feel broken or awkward or boring. You know, it, it was it was fun to take that boss down. Boss had different parts that you were focused on. You mm -hmm. can play your way. I actually realized too late I was focusing on just the main centerpiece for the whole time so I didn't break the legs. Um, mm. Does something happen to you know if you break the legs? If you break the legs boss, down, then it's, uh, it's like, immobile and it doesn't shoot as many of the, the rockets. But and I, stuff. I ended up not doing that because I was just like, going hype and I was excited to play it. So really happy with that. And the last note I would make is the visuals though, I'm still getting used to. This is really weird, like highly dithered look. There's this noisiness, not quite a film grain. Uh, I, I don't know if it's because the hair and some of the stuff they're doing. Some of it's good because it's not clean, but it's got this uh, dithered noisy look, like almost the screen door effect is on a lot. Did you notice mm, that? I, I see what you're talking about, yeah. but I feel like that's always been the case with, with Final Fantasy VII's art style. Out. Like it's always has the kind of like, Dirty air look. Yeah, part of it is that it's also just the engine and the way that it's dithering between stuff. Anyway, uh, not a problem, but it took some getting used to. I'm curious if it was a TV, if it was 4K, like who knows? Yeah. And it's not final. Did so. you see the behind closed doors uh, like demonstration before you got to play? Yeah, they did like the tutorial thing first, yeah. right? So I saw that, the explanation. That was pretty cool. Um, but I didn't show, it didn't show us anything really different than the demo, did it? Uh, so... Did you just do the thing where like they play the demo on the TV and then you get to go in, or do you do the thing that was like an hour long thing before oh, no, you got I didn't to play? See the hour long okay, thing. cool. That uh, was like the producer playing through, uh, showing a lot more of just like what the overworld the stuff looks like, thing. or not overworld, but like playing through the mission, not just the like let's get to the boss part. Oh, cool. Yeah. It's like the above all, this is not turn based. <laughs> First thing, <laughs> very specifically, <laughs> is not turn based. Um, Andrea, like yes. What game do you want to talk about here? You want to talk about Watch Dogs Legion a little bit? Um, maybe not Watch Dogs, because I didn't get as much time with that as my coworkers did. It's um, awesome. But, Get excited. Get hyped. Yeah. Let me look through my notes really quick about the games that I got to play that we didn't really get to talk about yet. Well, we didn't talk about Journey to the Savage Planet or Control. Mm, uh, control. From, from 505. Um, yeah, I wanted to try that. I didn't get a We chance. didn't get to talk about... Oh, I could talk about Darksiders Genesis. Hell yes. Oh. A game I haven't talked on the other shows about that I'm super stoked for. Yeah, so this was one of those games that was embargoed until the Tuesday of E3 when they opened the show floor and then they had kiosks for people, everybody at E3 to go and try out Darksiders Genesis. So this is being published by THQ Nordic, being developed by Airship Syndicate. Um, we got a chance to get a deep dive with it during Judges Week, which was great because we got like 45 to 60 minutes to really play through the whole demo. Um, I don't know how long the demo was that they had on the show floor. And 
what's up over there, Kevin? <laughs> Too much pizza for Kevin. Exactly. He's <laughs> got the cheese crazies. Um, so they have this they have this new horseman, Strife, that they've introduced, uh, who we got to play as. But then they also have War coming back as a playable mm-hmm. character, and so it's a co-op game between Strife and War. I actually really preferred Strife's gameplay style because he's a little bit more nimble more like um he can tumble a little bit faster and then he's got these dual blades which are really cool now hard pause do you know anything about dark side of genesis that's what i was gonna say if you could say i think i do and i'm like is this like a diablo like walking in walking into it that was my thing where they're like oh diablo genesis or uh, the dark side of genesis like oof i'm not a dark siders guy and it was no no this is a new take on dark siders this is not the dark siders you know yes it is like a a diablo it is an action rpg you know Exactly. Go in there, fight the things, get the loot, go through, and you know, get better or whatever. Yeah, so and I was like, oh, yeah. So just to set this, to set it up, since you guys are bringing up a good point that a lot of people don't know about Darksiders. So originally a hack and slash action adventure video game. We've got three of them. Um, this is the series is set in post apocalyptic Earth where mankind has become extinct and angels and demons battle for the world's control. Among oh, them are the Force. Four Horsemen of the Apocalypse. This is just literally straight from Wikipedia, by the yeah. way. The last of the the Nephilim who are tasked to bring balance and order. So essentially, you've got these four horsemen, and they're the stars of the game. Mm-hmm. And so in this one, it's Strife and War. Those are the only two playable. And I asked them if, you know, I kind of was like, why? <laughs> you've got all these great horsemen. Why not make them all playable? And they're, they're, so they, they're kind of like left it unanswered. So did they say the other ones won't be in the game That's, exclusively? That was my understanding sure? from the questions that I asked them that it was just going to be Strife and, and War. But who I knows? imagine you'll see them pop up in terms yeah. of a cutscene. They're doing their so thing. They're on their own action. Yeah, they, they appear in the game, but I don't believe they're going to be playable. Yeah, 100%, right. Yeah, yeah. So it's co online multiplayer or local split screens you can choose um, and then if you're playing solo you can just you can swap between swap, the, ca- right between between the characters oh. and so it is very much that Diablo top down isometric yeah. look you have, you have an AI partner if you're, if you're, if you're running solo, solo. yeah, yeah. Um, which is what we did we really were all playing solo co op then wow yeah which yeah. is cool um, so I asked them about damage scaling in co-op, and they said there is none, <laughs> but that maybe that they would add a limiter in the future. Um, there's a variety of vendors that you can find that you can buy upgrades for because there is, you know, like a skill tree for the horseman that you're playing as. And what I really liked about the gameplay is that it, it really kind of did this nice combination of some traversal puzzles with really great, you know, top-down hack and slash combat, which. It's just like it was just really fun to play. Now the build that we played had a few issues, but it was pre-alpha, so yep. kind of you know we forgive builds for being a little buggy when they're in that state. Mm-hmm. Uh, and for people who are concerned or curious, I should say, about the narrative, it is a standalone story that takes place before Darksiders One. So if you're mm-hmm. like really into the Darksiders franchise, um, it's after the war in Eden and after the the Nephilim have been destroyed and have they've just become the horsemen. So they're it's like the Genesis just, of the horsemen. Correct. There Dark you go. Genesis Look at that. Nailed the it. name. Yeah. Um, for me, uh, you know, again, not having any background with it, I was surprised for me with THQ Nordic. This is the one I walked out the most impressed with. And the one that I walked, it was for that day. I think the game where I was like, this is the one I, I want the most. Cause I want this on my switch right now. Mm-hmm. I want to be able to play this on the plane, on the bus or whatever. Um, it was just the gameplay was so good. It felt good to hack and slash. It felt good to roll around as the different characters, right? Strife, uh, more fast than war. Like, right. There's a, actually a different, 
thing so when we were approaching bosses or baddies it was like well what kind of what what is the approach i want and i could switch off between it i thought it was colorful i thought the world looked good again like you said very early uh there was the one i think i mentioned this at the time when we were embargoed uh, that i had one of the weirdest things happen to me in a demo this is the game where I got to a point and I got stuck and I popped off my ear and it, Joe Mads and I was like, Joe, what, what am I not doing? He came over and he was like, oh yeah, like it's your, you, it, it seemed like there was like signposting issues, right? He's like, you, you don't have to worry about that. You're trying to get into a secret area, but it looks like it's a main area. There's a ladder over there that's like hidden. I was like, oh, it was just like not lit up the right way. It's like, great. And then as I went to put it back on, everyone else started hitting the exact the same exact, thing. I had, I had and Joe, and like, it was like too. literally, it's Joe like, to tell it's like the nightmare for a developer because right. he literally was like, oh man. I told them we should have done something different here and not put this in the demo. And it's everyone, of course, is we all get it. Like, oh my God, it's an unfinished game. Don't worry about it, blah, blah, blah. And it didn't take away from it. It's still the game that I was like, this, like, I'm getting on a plane tomorrow. This is the game I'd want with me. Hmm. But you did hit a confusing point. And hopefully they iron stuff. Like I think that, that yeah. And I mean, they knew ahead of time. It was just, I mean, getting their demo ready. That's what they went, went ran with. Yeah, we see that stuff all the time. Yeah. Just get, but like you said, the traversal fixed. stuff was great. The combat was great. I thought the characters felt so, different enough. What do you got for me? What was the combat? I mean, is it like it's, very super powered? Is it a lot of different buttons? Is it simple? No, no it's mostly like a two button. It's mostly like a like a two button system. So I mean, you have a light attack, a heavy attack, a dodge or evade, and okay. then you have like a powered up attack that uh, you kind of you know build up over. It refreshes over time, and then it's like a like a super. So when I was playing as Strife. You would like hit like the double um, shoulder buttons shoulder or whatever, and then he would go into this giant flaming monster-looking thing with this giant axe that you could use to do like really big damage against bosses. But what was interesting is that we were we they put us into this dungeon run mode where we got to fight one of like the big bosses because the boss we fought in that main demo was just like a mini boss, yeah. which was still a pretty tough boss. But in the dungeon run mode where we got to fight like this giant boss, that whole boss fight if you beat it and I didn't I didn't spend them on a ten because we had X amount of games we had to play um, would be like a forty five minute boss fight, hmm. so almost kind of raid like, um, but not because it's just co op. It's not like a big hmm. group activity. Totally dug it. Really excited for it. It, it. For me, it's striking the same notes that I liked of why I was excited about Marvel Ultimate Alliance. However, I feel like this is the better game of those really? two. Yeah, because to your point of like when we were playing Ultimate Alliance, like I feel like this game has a more. I know what this is. There's only two characters, obviously, so they feel different. They Got feel it. they feel more unique, which is what we were talking about playing Ultimate Alliance three, where it was like. I'm Cap, but you're Wolverine. It doesn't, it doesn't feel like there's that much of a difference. You know yeah, I mean? yeah, yeah, yeah. Interesting. Um, kind of speaking about that, I want to talk about Nintendo, friend. But before we do that, let me tell you that this episode is brought to you by some beautiful sponsors. This episode is brought to you by Upstart. As most of us have found out the hard way, getting into debt is easy. Getting out? It's hard, especially if your FICO score isn't great. Thankfully, there's now Upstart.com, the revolutionary lending platform that knows you're more than just your credit score and offers smarter interest rates to help you pay off high interest credit card debt. Uh, this really could have helped my boy that I that shall remain nameless back in the college days uh, when he not naming him, Kevin, not going to name him. Uh, but there was a lot of issues going on, and this definitely could have helped him kind of get things going because Upstart goes beyond the traditional FICO score when assessing your credit worthiness. They actually reward you based on your education and job history in the form of a smarter interest rate. Upstart believes you're more than just your credit score. They believe in you and they understand that. They make it fast, simple, and easy to check your rate in just a few minutes without affecting your credit score. And the best part is once a loan is approved, most people get their funds the very next day. 
That's the next day, man. That's like you can't get much sooner than that. Uh, you'd free yourself from the burden of high interest credit card debt by consolidating everything into one monthly payment with Upstart. See why Upstart's ranked number one in their category with over 300 businesses on Trustpilot and hurry to upstart.com slash kindoffunny to find out how low your Upstart rate is. Checking your rate only takes a few minutes and won't affect your credit score. That's upstart.com slash kindoffunny. U-P-S-T-A-R-T dot com slash kindoffunny. And also, shout out to Zebit. No one likes zero of anything. Like when you break your phone and lose contact with the outside world. That means zero calls, zero texts, zero social media. Honestly, life without a phone means pretty much no life at all. Having zero of anything is hardly a good thing unless we're talking about Zebit. That's Z-E-B-I-T. They'll change your whole perspective on zero forever. Zero sign-up fees, zero interest financing. This all sounds like fantastic zeros to me. It's a better credit option. Zebit provides a better credit option for those who need it. They allow you to buy what you need and pay over time, interest-free. There's zero cost to join with Zebit. There's no cost, no membership fees, and no late fees. Um, zero impact on your credit score. So many zeros, so little time. Huge marketplace. Zebit has everyday items at everyday prices. They have more than 50,000 products in their marketplace with brand names like Xbox, Sony, Apple, GoPro and Fitbit from electronics to barbecues, furniture and more. Zebit has everything you need for when you need it. Sign up for Zebit today at zebit.com slash kinda and get $2,500 credit to the sh- to shop the Zebit marketplace at zero interest and zero cost to join. That's zebit.com slash kinda for $2,500 of interest free credit. Zebit.com slash kinda. Nintendo baby. Yeah. E3 booth. What'd you get to play? Uh, just the the big three that I considered anyway, which was Pokemon, <clears throat> Zelda, and Luigi. Mm-hmm. Did you get to play any Nintendo games? I missed the Nintendo booth appointment with the girls because I was hosting on the Facebook stage. Oh. So did not Can't get believe. to see the booth. Wah, wah. Marvel Ultimate Alliance is one of the big three. All right. You just trash talked it next to Genesis. No, I like so it a lot. I don't know. I think I've heard enough. I'm so fast. Talk to me about Pokemon. I did not play Pokemon. I watched people do the demo, but I was kind of like, I get it. I know what this is. Yeah. Oh, wow. I uh, know. Here's the deal. Okay. He Number was falling one. asleep there, uh, everybody. It doesn't have enough anyway. engrams for him. No. So, well, yes, that's true. <laughs> Destiny joke, everybody. Get with it. Um. Okay. Number one, I'm not. It's not that I'm against Pokemon. I liked Pokemon Go and uh, recently Pokemon um, uh, Let's Go. Let's Go. But I never really got into the Game Boy stuff just for time. Sake. You get a lot of Pokemon I sleep. know that I would have enjoyed it. Oh, Pokemon Sleep. That's right. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is funny now that I just was jokingly sleeping. But um, anyway, long story short, I just don't think the demo is any good. It's I, so hard to demo a Pokemon game. Dude, that, is, that's why I didn't play it. Let's describe it what the demo why, was. I think why, it is. Why is it hard to demo a Pokemon game? Because I think it's hard to demo any turn-based RPG. Okay, let's go over what the demo was and why. I just don't think it was a good idea. I felt like it was for like kids. Don't don't get me wrong. It's not like it was bad. But I mean, they, it's perhaps because Pokemon, Pokemon like, is for children. Did you go straight into that gym Y'all with the need switches? To grow up. I didn't play it. Okay, well, I'm pretty, I just watched people do it. I'm Because sure I know. I'm like, I don't need to get my hands on Pokemon. So basically, all you did, you will know there were two things that you did, um, as I recall. So one, you get put into, pretty quickly after some dialogue, I think, into like a little gym with these great pathways. And there's like these water pipes that are pouring water down onto the path so you can't proceed. And there's red and yellow switches. Mm-hmm. And you're going around 
getting just figuring out the switches and in between of course there's some other pokemon trainers are like wait a second where are you going and then you got to fight them and how fast you do it based on what you have which is already your loadout so it's it's clearly a little bit into the game probably but i just didn't enjoy like i've done this a thousand billion times in video games so doing some switches figuring out the puzzle and just doing some basic fights uh fights that i feel didn't really offer anything more than when i was playing um but you can get Go. big now Yes. Did you ever so go big? The Dynamax you're talking about? So, so Dynamax. Uh, I think it's right after this that you go into, yeah, the stadium. So they let you try the stadium out. And you get into a fight, yeah, a really big fight, and you use, yeah, the Dynamax, and you have this really big Pokemon. And that it was a cool fight. So I Were think, you the Corgi? Oh, I don't remember. You make remember, a big Corgi? I don't remember. Friend? I, I honestly don't remember what Pokemon. You would I, remember I the big You didn't even give this game a chance. <laughs> I I tried all the different Pokemon. Again, I'm not a Pokemon expert. I do. I apologize, um, but I'm not going to be a, a fake fan and pretend that I know all the Pokemon's names and stuff. So anyway, the Corgi. So here's it's here's new. my yeah. brief overview, which was like I was looking forward to playing an open world that had sort of a something to it that I could feel. And like, I didn't get that demo. So yeah. that must be coming later. But they did something that was just Yamper. very like, it just didn't feel like- Yamper? Yamper. Yamper. Oh yeah, I tried is Yamper. The, is, the, yeah. is the Corgi I did Pokemon. It's a Harden's butt. Oh, it's got a little like fur. A little fur butt, a little Corgi fur butt. In any event, the stadium stuff was cool and I like Dynamax and I think that's the new thing. But yep. it just was all very basic. And so it just wasn't an exciting demo. And when we get to Luigi, I think you'll hear why Mario. I'm just next. Let's get right into it, dude. Mario. Luigi, baby. Then let's jump into it. Like, so I played even Zelda. And by the way, huge Zelda fan. Uh, I played Zelda and I just was like, okay. Wait, I'm forget really... Luigi. Let's talk about Zelda. No, no. Yeah, but... Zelda got one of my game of the show. Yeah, let's, let's do things. this. Let's lead on to save the best for last. Oh. Wow. And, and here's why. Again, I'm not going to. Wow. I'm not saying that Zelda may not be even the best of the three at the end of the day. Like, right. Link's Awakening seems really cool. I love the style. Again, very, very basic demo. Cool style. It was just a taste of the style. Pokemon was the same thing, but from a gameplay perspective, and you know me, I'm all about the gameplay mechanics. I was just like, okay, you know, go into the, you know, the Lost Woods and go over and push this thing and get it. And actually, I like it. I know that I'm going to like it because it's Zelda, but the demo itself just wasn't that exciting. And there was nothing new to it. So, uh, maybe just stopping on that. Did did you like how the style delivered? I, I really like. I think style. the style delivered style everything I needed. I already know the gameplay is there for Link's Awakening. I thought that they did a, a very good job of uh, making me want to go back now to yeah. revisit that world and see everything it has to offer. And it's been long enough since I played Link's Awakening that mm -hmm. I don't remember every single thing to do. Yeah, I don't think I ever played Link's Awakening, so this will be new to really? me. Really, is good. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, because I was just on Game Boy. Only it's great, man. I just don't think I. Got through it. Then it got re-released on Game Boy Color. What Never I will forget. say is, DX. yeah, yeah, true. I had missed many missed opportunities apparently. Um, so really like style. I will be knocking Switch, however, for its performance. It's a finished game, so we'll of course see if it improves. Just the blurriness and the frame rate occasionally. It's not blurriness. It's tilt shift. It's tilt shift, sure, but. I'm not saying I like the style, Tim. I'm just saying all things combined, it feels a little like it's supposed to be dreamy, but it's hitching a little bit. Um, like I, I almost felt like it'd be better. <laughs> as a, as a, I was going to say, Kevin, uh, yeah. If it was 60 frames a second, I think I would just be glorious. Yeah, it, was, it was not 60. And I, that no, is, that no, is true. It's so like it was I, 25 to 30. It, and I feel like it really is a performance hitching. issue that I, I agree. I hope they, they clear up right. by the time it actually exactly. releases. Thank you. Uh, because it, it wasn't as smooth and flawless as it huh. should feel for a game that's a remake of a 
a Game Boy game, even if the style's beautiful. But the blur and stuff, like that's built in the No, I stuff. love the tilt shift stuff. No, but I'm saying all things combined, my point I'm trying to make is it's supposed to retain the sort of dreamy state. I think if if and when they get it locked to 30, it'll be fine because it won't pull you out of it because of what it was. It just felt a little sluggish. But I love the style. It really is beautiful. I just love seeing something new in terms of the Zelda style. But gameplay-wise, I mean, I don't know. You didn't do that much in the demo, right, that you haven't done. Did everything you need to do, though. Walked in a couple houses, you know, pushed a couple rocks and went and grabbed something. What I was saying last time that I was really impressed by is I feel like it showed off enough different areas, whether you're in the house or in the woods or down by the beach or whatever, and seeing the creative ways Nintendo... Uh, uses the art style that it has to like kind of all add up to this whole mm-hmm. I thought was really impressive. Yeah, and it, it does look good. I am excited for it. I think it's the jaded Zelda gamer coming out in me. Like, I've played so much Zelda so I'm very looking forward to, I mean, when Breath of the Wild came out, it blew my mind, and that's why I'm excited for the sequel. It's, uh, I also like the 2D style stuff. It's just, it's easy to not be excited by them anymore, because you kind of know what to expect, so we'll see if there's any surprises. That's here. why I'm excited for it, because I know what to expect. You know, I, didn't, expect- I, didn't play, I didn't play Link's Awakening either, so I'm going in yeah. But I just love a good Zelda, and like I'm totally down to push blocks and uh, get yeah. my get my it's bottles a good Zelda, out. And it's weird too. Like it's it's it not linked to the past. It's like You're because right. the Game Boy had such weird limitations. I feel like it had to have a different gameplay style. You were limited by the shape of the screen, the like um, how big the screen was of what you could show. So it's like they had to get yeah. really weird with some of the things that you had to do. And mm-hmm. I think that translating that into modern times is going to yeah. be. Fun. Again, I think they're going to do it well. Don't want me being jaded and, and liking new PC 60 frames a second games. Like, I just wanted to make that note. If I'm you could plug an it. AMD Radeon card into this thing, you'd be stoked. <laughs> NVIDIA GeForce. What are you talking about? Um, I'm excited for it. It's going to be a good game. I'm very confident. The style and everything is, is going to be awesome. People are going to be happy. So, Luigi's Mansion. The reason I was Woo-hoo. saving it is just like, again, from a gameplay perspective, and I've always been a Luigi's Mansion fan. Hell yeah. Uh, obviously played the GameCube version a ton. Played the 3DS version quite a bit. I can't remember if I beat it, but I always was playing it on planes. And so, yeah, they just did a great job with upgrading but retaining what it is. And so there's just plenty of puzzles like in every room and adding. Now you have multiple Luigi's to manage. Um, Luigi. So you're managing physics-based puzzles, E3. right? Yeah. You're you're pushing fans to try to get cages to come down that have keys. They've got hidden, you know, Easter egg type stuff that you can collect within the world. So there's just like a lot to do. And then the best part of all is just with all the physics, you'll do stuff like there's a ghost, you know, the shield, you'll shoot your plunger at it. Then you got to suck the plunger back. You pop the shield off. Then you blink, hit it with the light. You and then- Link the ghost if you if you want. That's the best way to do it. And then you grab it, and the new mechanic of you actually like slam press it, right? beat yeah. the hell and out of it, and use the analog stick to slam it uh, all over the place. In the end, you can hit other ghosts with that ghost while you're slamming it around. So it becomes just like a really good gameplay loop, going room to room doing that. And like I I know I'm gonna have a blast playing this game as long as it's not repetitive and it's clever and it really seems to be. I'm pretty excited about this now. I loved how tactile it all felt. Like when you're talking about doing all that stuff, it very quickly became second nature. And I loved how in control it, it really good. felt almost like rhythm gamey of just like the bah, 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 mm-hmm. boom to, to get it into it. Um, I love the character of the world. I love the, the oh, ghost so all is just so fun and yeah. weird and goofy and unique. And like you can just kind of the way that they, they animate and the way that they move, it's like you you understand who they are and you understand how you're supposed to take them down or, or whatever. Yeah, it's I mean, like it's probably one of the best looking Switch games when you think about it, right? It's very impressive looking. I, I will say look. that um, the controls felt kind of clawy to me at points where I felt like my, my hand was doing a little too many things mm-hmm. at once. 
where like I'm trying to, uh, I would like the option to be able to change my controls so that like the flashlight being on A while also aiming with the the stick and all that stuff. I was like, oh, this is. I do recall at one point trying to like shoot the plunger, suck it in and get the flat and yeah, like fidgeting. I mean, I guess I'm used to doing that for games like that. So I didn't think about it like playing secure or whatever, but, Mm -hmm. um, but I think you're right. I'd be. Didn't have enough time to make that judgment. But that's the thing. Is I, I feel like they can, that, that's all easily. Oh, I loved it. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm like really excited about it. Honestly, it's, again, I'm I'm excited as much as anyone else for Zelda and Pokemon. I'm just more excited in some ways for Luigi because it's the type of game I want to play in Switch and it feels Because the really Mario good. Bros are the best bros? I guess. The good bros. I mean, I'm not going to argue with it, but. When is that? <laughs> I, always forget, I always forget Luigi's mission. They had no date yet. Fall. Okay. 20, okay. Or, 2019. October, we assume. Now. We assume October, I mean, but anything can happen. Uh, real quick thing about Link's Awakening. Uh, it's Grezzo working on it. The same people that ported um, Majora's Mask and Ocarina of Time to 3DS. Oh. And this is their first kind of like console experience. And 4A. Link's Awakening is like, sure, it's a remake of a Game Boy game, but like they're... Training wheels are It's totally... Now. Yeah, it's not <laughs> just like, oh... I'll press it. You know, it's like there's a yeah, lot more. Yeah, no, there, it's so. a full. I mean, it it looks beautiful. Impressive stuff. And speaking of Nintendo, this wasn't E3, but I've been playing Mario Maker two, baby. No, oh, yeah. what? Oh yeah, wow. I can talk about that I now. That came out in the middle of like E3. Yeah, I can't give a full review. Well, yet. It didn't come out yet, right? Uh, no, it's not oh, out yet. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, sorry, out in uh, end of June. Yeah, end of June. Like uh, oh, we're getting close. Which is next week. Yeah, we're, <laughs> we're, yeah, exactly. Um, but I've been playing a lot of it, and uh, mainly the story mode. Sure. Um, I haven't done any of the building stuff or, or any of that, but man, I love it. The story mode, it did something that I didn't think was possible with a, a Mario Maker game where it's sure. like, there's a gameplay loop of building the the castle that I just get s- so sucked into where Mario Maker on 3DS, when it came out, there was a uh, hundred Nintendo made courses in it and I loved playing through them. But really all it is, is course, course, course. You're just like going after them. And at some point, you don't feel like you're making any progress towards anything. You're just beating just levels, play right? And it's like, you know, in a typical Mario game, you're kind of going through the world map, and it's just like you're, you're seeing things get ticked off, and it's just like a in-your-head thing of just like feeling like you're accomplishing something. Oh, of course. Whereas just like playing a bunch of levels is fun, but it doesn't feel like you're doing anything. Mm-hmm. The story mode is so simple where Peach's castle gets blown up, and your, your toad friends are... Like need you to do different tasks <laughs> to be able to build it. You don't need to actually build it. It's just all kind of like just text-based. They'll be like, oh, hey, I need more coins. I need this many coins to do this. And every level you beat, you get a certain amount of coins. Let's say you get, like, there's a difficulty level. So there's five stars. One's the easiest. Five's the hardest. Sure. Five stars are worth, let's say, 500 coins. One stars are worth 100 coins. But also, however many coins you get in the level, it adds on. So if you do a one star difficulty level, you get that hundred. But if you collect twenty three coins in that, you get one hundred and twenty three. You can then use those coins to talk to the toadette, um, who is like the building planner or whatever. And you get to choose like, oh, start building the west hall, start building the main building. We're building East. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, it's actually called that West Hall East Hall of uh, uh, the castle, or like start, oh, really? start, yeah, start building the 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 second floor or whatever. And you just like keep going and adding a bunch of stuff, flower pots and like whatever. Um, once that job starts, every time you beat a level, one notch gets done. So like each, once you pay to get something built, it requires you to beat five levels for it to be fully built. And it so quickly turns into this thing. It's just just all in my head of just being like, oh, well, I'm only two things away from this being built. And then I I beat two more levels and I I get the coins. I'm like, well, now I'm only like 100 coins away from getting this next thing built. And it reminds me of that. That seems cool. Metal Gear Solid Five, where Ah, it's just like mother base. Like, I don't need mother base. I don't care about mother base. But for some reason, 
they like they just trick you into getting in this loop where you're like, I'm doing something fun and I'm getting something for it. So this this is why I play video games. Like That's the, awesome. The gameplay is airtight, obviously, yeah. when it comes to Mario and all the story obviously. stuff um, kind of just doesn't get in the way. And it kind of incentivizes me to want to keep playing. Have you built anything? Um, my, my castle's almost complete. I, I think I'm like 90. Oh, no, no. I haven't courses. No, no, no. no, 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 no. Yeah, I've been strictly doing something. Like, I'm not really... The builder type. I saw some article yesterday, right, that saying that it, when it's in handheld mode, you have to use the touchscreen controls to make levels or whatever. Huh. So they were talking about like you should get a, st- a stylus for whatever for your Switch if you need to or whatever. Yeah, I have no idea. Cool. I haven't, haven't touched it at all. That's fine. Um, but the story mode, the Nintendo created levels, I mean, I feel like I don't even need to say it. They are just, they're, awesome. they're, they're perfect. And every single one of them has some cool, unique thing. They're all designed to teach you the different things you can do in the builder. So it's like one level will be um, focusing on a very specific enemy, but doing things that you wouldn't expect that enemy to be doing, right? Yeah. And you're, you're like, oh, I guess like when I'm making levels, I can add that yeah, mechanic really to this, smart, right? Obviously. And a lot of the levels will have weird win conditions, which is a new thing that you can do uh, in the game. In Mario Maker 1, you had to always just get to the flagpole and that's sure. the end. And this time it can be like, oh, just collect the, the like X amount of coins. Or rescue these toads and get them to the end, or figure out this puzzle, and it's like all of a sudden it's Mario gameplay, but there's a lot of just different styles that you can go into it with. Um, one of the most interesting ones is you need to beat a level without jumping at all. Oh wow! Or sorry, without uh, leaving the floor at all. Okay. And so I was like, okay, cool. Obviously, that means no jumping, but you're kind of then running through and trying to use the physics of different things around you. To, to move forward. So it's like you'll be on a falling platform, but you need to make sure that you're on the right part of it so when it falls, it lands on the next thing to kind of move you forward. Like mousetrap. It, it's, yeah, it's kind of <laughs> like mousetrap, but it's like it gets so intense where like you'll be in a part you're like, I don't know how I'm going to do this. And it's like, oh, I have one shot. And it just reminds me cool, of man. old Mario gameplay back when it was still fresh where I'm like, I didn't know how to conquer every obstacle in my way. And I'm just like, wow, they're really, really, they obviously know this better than anyone else, but it's like making me look at the level design um, of just traditional Mario games and just being really impressed with the intricacy of everything they do. None of the levels overstay their welcome. Um, there's a couple of them that I'm, I've been stumped on right now. Like I think there's been three that I'm like, I'm coming back to this one later. It's just, it's too much for me right now. Um, when you talk about coming back to him being stumped on him, is mm-hmm. it that are all 100 open to you and you get to go pick what you which ones you, do? you open them up as you you kind of going like okay. uh, it's so the more you play the more you the open. more you play the more you unlock it's constant though like okay. there, you you always have at least 15 stages yeah. you haven't played yet so it's gotcha. like you're getting a bunch of new ones constantly um, and it's so well balanced between all the different art styles. Um, and all the different uh, backgrounds and, and like themes going on. And like, there's so much weird Mario Maker gimmicky stuff of like spotlights or like the lights will be off unless you you jump and then things turn on or like the weird music cues and, and stuff. Um, a lot of weird items that have never been in Mario games before. Like there's a car you can get in. Okay. So there's like a Mario Kart themed level. That's cool. Um, there's like weird uh, augments that they can do on stages. So like the Mario Galaxy music will be playing and the gravity's all off. Oh, and it's like it's just like you're constantly Gosh, just being surprised like and seeing really there's a lot which is awesome and uh, the new 3D world um, style of gameplay oh, yeah. my least favorite part of the game mm. um, I feel like it it, it kind of feels like an afterthought um, the fact that that stuff doesn't um, mesh with the, the, the other art styles because all the other ones it's like you can build something and then switch between uh, New Super Mario Brothers and Mario 3. This one is a separate Special game mode, which allows it looks way better. 
Um, and it allows you to do a lot of things like the car and like there's a couple other um, exclusive um, items and gimmicks and stuff. But just the way that the, that Mario like runs and hits full speed and jumps and has a backflip and stuff, it's just like it's a little much. And I feel like it's not perfectly implemented. Um, but so far, the rest of it is just like it. It makes Mario Brothers three feel fresh. And like that's insane. That's cool. Yeah, cool. can't wait to play more. I'm almost done with the the story, and I I keep being surprised. Like I wouldn't say that any of the levels have been bad so far. So wow, very cool stuff. Um, Greg, yeah, Doom, Doom. So we went to uh, Judge Week. Mm-hmm. We played Doom Eternal. We did. Uh, I, for I think we've talked about it before on the show, so I'll keep it brief. But during the presentation, in the beginning, they were like. Heads up, you're going to die. Don't turn down the difficulty. Dying is part of Doom. This is basically like a puzzle game in that way. You die and you figure out how to do it better next time. And when they said that, that clicked in my head and re- made me think about how I didn't play the first Doom correctly. The first, And I've, t- I've tweeted about this since, uh, but stick with me. Played Doom Eternal. Got my butt kicked. Wasn't understanding the platforming. Forgot that I could dash for a second. It really fucked me up. Uh, eventually got on track, though. Uh, did it. And I was like, okay, cool. But having even that part where I was stalled out in Doom Eternal, we're like, how am I supposed to get to that platform before, I, like, five minutes later, I remember the dash. Yeah. Uh, I was like, uh, okay, that left me in a weird spot. Go to E3. Go to play Stadia. Stadia is doing the Doom Eternal uh, demo that I'd already played, but on Stadia. Sit down with the controller, start playing it, and now having remembered that other thing, now having it all click on my head, started playing it, and was having a great time playing Doom Eternal, not, never mind the Stadia part of it. And so, yeah, we got to the airport, or we're on the way out, I guess, after uh, E3, and I was telling you, like, I think I'm going to start up Doom. Like, I'm going to go back and reinstall hmm. Doom, right? Because what had happened with Doom was it dropped, everybody loved it, we got codes, I went and pl- put it in, and I did the first two levels, and I was like, I get it, It's yeah. a, it's. I'm not a shooter guy, this is a bro shooter game, the metal and like, you know, running around and killing things. And yeah, yeah. I'm like, I get it. I see why people like it. It's very slick. It's very beautiful. It's very smooth playing. Not for me and left coming back and re, re I, I played it on the plane on the switch. And I was like, this is kind of hard to see. There's a lot going on the switch. So I'm no, going to Doom I'm, is not meant for switch. So I, I, I had, yeah, you did the right thing. Play it on your PS4. So I went home and reinstalled on PlayStation <laughs> four and then spent all, Saturday, right? My, uh, time's a flat circle now for us, I guess. Maybe started a Friday and then played all Saturday. And I had such a great time with it. And it was such a... Even jumping into Doom Eternal and then being like, you know, of course, uh, you know, your melee kills are killing them and giving you back yeah. your health, right? And then the chainsaw is giving you change. giving you the uh, armor. And the fire you're using is giving you... Uh, uh-huh. That's giving you armor. Or armor is from the fire. Uh, chainsaw is for, for the ammo. And so then going back and starting up Doom with that information and not having that until f- multiple levels in and seeing like, I didn't even get to this, like unlocking that next part. Mm. I never got to actually see the long division, right? Like, you know, show your work for this game where it's like, oh, like I understood the health, obviously, of killing people, get your health I, or meleeing them with, you know, when you're in the gory kill. Yeah. But doing that and then stringing it together and then needing ammo and then needing like, okay, getting into that rhythm and that pacing of it in Doom. And then again, not being afraid to die this time, right? Of like, okay, cool. Be on the move. It's like my same problem. I, 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 and I knew that I've played Wolfenstein wrong, right? Where I want to instinctively play like Division and go into cover right. and like wait. Yeah. And, and it's like, no, you have to move in those fucking games. Doom for me, having to move, doing all these the, the kills and getting the ammo and like looking for collectibles. It was just a magical play session on Saturday to see it all finally click into place because I finally got the right people saying the right things to me on how to play it not just to play it but actually no no this is what you are and getting a glimpse in that demo of Eternal because obviously you're starting in a different place with that one I was like holy shit did I 
undersell. I thought people were into this because of the smoothness of it. I thought people were into this because of the precision of the shooting mechanics. I didn't realize it was the rhythm of the game mm-hmm. and it was the beat of the it's game. Rhythm of the night. Exactly. And like, it's so rare for me, I feel, as like blood and truth, right? Love it on PlayStation VR. Had a great time. I finish a level and I move on to the next level. And like, I want a platinum and I want to go back, whatever, blah, blah. Doom it is finish a level and then fuck I didn't get all those collectibles right or I finished the main part of the level and it's like clearly walk through that door advance the level instead let's run around and try to get everything right like all the little things on my map because I want to upgrade my you know my slayer a very specific way and I want to be as powerful as I can going to the next thing and because it's just so much fun to not only be a badass and run around and kill things, but to then go through in like, you know, my Assassin's Creed Ubisoft mindset of check off the boxes <laughs> on the map of all the things, find all the collectibles. So I've just been having a Hell great yeah, time man. with it. And so I, it's now got me super stoked for Doom Eternal, let alone finishing Doom proper. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Andrea, any anything else you want to talk about? Yeah, one last thing I wanted to mention, because I know we're getting towards the end of the episode here, but um, something that I got to play on the floor at E3 that I had an absolute blast with, which I was not surprised about, was Monster Hunter World Iceborne. Oh, yes. So Played they had this beautiful giant oh, God, snow dragon so cool. um, on the show floor in the South Hall, which is awesome. But Capcom obviously noticeably absent from all of the press conferences mm-hmm. um, because they weren't really announcing like a big new game. And so when they had when they reached out and said We're, we have hands on for Iceborne, I was like. Absolutely. I would love to make time for this. So um, I got to play with Brit, which was fun. We were paired up with two other members of the media um, who I actually didn't get to meet because we were already like customizing our stuff when they sat down. So we didn't actually get to say hi. But it was so fun because it's that Monster Hunter World gameplay, you know, and love, but better. Yeah. So they've made a bunch of tweaks and changes uh, since the game launched. Um last year and what's really cool about what they're doing now is it's the snow and ice theme obviously iceborne but they're taking that and really making it feel meaningful from a gameplay perspective so for example they've introduced a new consumable called a hot drink that you want to take on a hunt because it helps you um, keep your stamina up in the cold and the more snow accumulation you get on your character as you're traversing through these giant snow banks it'll drain your stamina slowly (laughs) and so if you don't manage that particularly if you're somebody who uses either the bigger weapons or if you're like me if you're tumbling a lot because I'm a light bowgun player um, you don't notice just how much the snow and the ice and the cold affects your stamina and so they've built in these other gameplay mechanics to kind of combat that and then of course they've got the new monsters that are in the world as well and the best part that I loved about my demo was the trail rider buddies. Yeah. So in the original game, obviously the Palico system included this tail riders where you could kind of pick up a Palico buddy in the world and they would help you out in your hunt. Well, now they're taking it one step further. So if we went inside the tent um, on the hunt location, you would talk to the Palico in the tent and he would be like, oh, we've upgraded our, our tail riders to add trail riders, which is essentially a mount system. Hmm. And so when you're out of the, um, the camp area and you're in the world like going on the hunt to find the monster with the clues you can summon this uh, trail rider and they will hunt the monster for you and so you just get jump on their back and they'll like run you (laughs) through the world as they're tracking the monsters that's cool um and if it doesn't sound like a big deal you have to keep in mind right the fact of monster hunter right and what we did at launch when we were, uh, you know, 130 hours in, it is farming the same monsters over and over again, right? So it can 
get pretty redundant of I'm in the same area. Now I need to find the right number of tracks to pick up the trail. Now my scout flies are going the way they need to. Now I'm going towards the monster. Now it can be that cool. I'm farming near Agante, right? So I get the ride, get on it. And then I look at my phone. I do my thing. I answer an email. Oh, we're there. Great. Now I can fight the thing and go. Or if you're like me, you're watching the screen, collecting everything because you can harvest items as you're on your trail rider, which is like game changing. You can harvest. You can take your own. You can take your hot drinks. You can work on your menu. Your inventory That's stuff cool. like it's a great time saver in terms train. of yeah, exactly 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 yeah wow. and they're they're really cute and it was just like such a nice quality of life touch but it also fits within the world because if you'll see the 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 little monster that your trail rider buddy you can see that species in the world mm. and That's cool. don't be don't be confused. They're not all of your friends. Just that one is your friend. The other ones will still try to kill you. Um, they added the hook shot, too. Yeah, the grappling hook. So yeah. this is a really big traversal improvement and allows you to essentially like shoot a grappling hook into a monster and like kind of fast track. Pull yourself track, to it. Yeah. Pull yourself to it. And if you have you know one of the bigger weapons that you need to get up close with, you can actually like swing and hit the monster while you're hooked into them, huh. which is kind of neat. Another great one of like, cool, I need to farm tails, right? Like you can run around its butt trying to hack it all the time and it works so obviously, closer. but this is a way better thing of like, I need that. I need a horn. I need a shoot and target right to it and then be attached to the side and hack can at you it. push yourself away too? Or uh, no, it's, it's just attaching to monsters. It's not attaching to trees or environments. Gotcha. Oh, no, I meant, like, it's funny, because Dauntless has something like this, I believe, but you can do both. You pull yourself in, but you can push yourself away with it somehow. Oh, no, I, don't, I, I didn't, didn't, see, I didn't like see that functionality. The same type of thing. Did you yeah. play uh, Jedi Fallen Order at all? Oh, I didn't get to play it. It was oh, just... The, did you get it, to play the, it? Oh, yeah, but yeah, before yeah, you guys move on to so that, good. I just want to end with reminding oh, people that the beta for Iceborne starts on Friday for PS Plus members. So if you guys want to try it out and you never played the original Monster Hunter World, it's free for PlayStation Plus subscribers this first weekend. And then next weekend, it's open to all PS4 players. So wait, when people get this on Monday, though, what does that mean? PlayStation 4 I believe it's still going on Monday. Let me double check the dates. But otherwise, you can look forward to the, what, Bleeding Edge technical alphas coming up from the industry. Yeah, Yeah, so it goes from Friday, June 21st through Monday. Monday, June 24th for PlayStation Plus subscribers, and then Friday, June 28th to Monday, June 1st. I think they mean July 1st um, for all PlayStation 4 owners. Awesome. There you go. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been the Kind of Funny Games cast. Thank you very much for joining us. Let me give a shout out to Riverbond. Okay, go for it. Before we go. go Riverbond is one that was in the original <laughs> Kind of Funny Games showcase. Uh, it's uh, that voxel pixel like cubic it looks like 3d dot game oh, heroes yeah. to an extent right uh dungeon crawler run around the world four player drop in drop out co-op uh hack and slash but it's also got a gun so it's like it could be shooting slash or hack and shoot whatever you want to call it or whatever uh like i said original kind of funny game showcase guy uh played it with jen uh, i guess all of sunday right and it's very simple and i like it a lot but it's very simple. I, I, it wasn't like we were super challenged. I'd be interested to play it solo because uh, I was I only played it in co-op. But, but it was an interesting thing of just running through these environments, you know, having different monsters come at you, hacking them with the different weapons. As you go, you open treasure chests, you get new weapons for that run. Uh, you have the gun, so it is a bit of twin stick shooter at one point if you want to play it that way. There's The different weapons have different abilities, obviously, different charge-up attacks. Uh, like I said, not that challenging, but enjoyable. You're playing through all these different levels and then getting to a, a giant boss that then takes a bit of court nation like jen and i had pretty much mindlessly been running around having you know talking to each other beating stuff up having a good time and then when the boss got there it was he had a force field how do we wear it down oh charge up these things all right we'll start it together and then there's like a countdown of how long that is then go Mm -hmm. but there's ads you know oh res me do these different things there's secrets hidden around the world uh biggest problem i have with it is it's 24.99 
which mm. I think is way too much for it. I would tell you to wait till it goes on sale, but I really enjoy the gameplay for what it is. It is it is super simple. I, it's not mindless, but it's just a fun palate cleanser. Where it's like when I was coming down off of some of the other stuff that you're ending the show without letting me talk about because you're uh, rude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What we're gonna do next yeah. week? We yeah, got I'll be back then. I want to talk about Stadia with you guys. Which oh really yeah, no, we got to get real into that next week. Sure, uh, okay. I want to. Yeah. So much more. But that's the River Bond update. Enjoy, everybody. There you go. River Bond, baby. That's Games <laughs> Cast. Love you very much. We're about to get into the post show. Until then, I love you.